Dad the Man, the guy who's living life the right way by loving and leading his family. World class at his craft and admired by many, but more importantly, he sets the tone for what a great man, husband, and father looks like. That's who Dad the Man is. And the truth is, as men, husbands, and fathers, we experience and struggle with so many of the same things. And it's time we recognize that we're all in this together. So drop your ego at the door and join us in the conversation. Welcome to Dad the Man. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. My name is Brendan Wall, and I am the founder and host of the Dad the Man podcast. So today, if you enjoy this episode, if you are enjoying the show so far, if you are learning anything, I do have one ask for you. If you could please tell a friend about the show, help us reach more people, help us spread the message of the show, and help us change more families from the inside out. I cannot thank you enough for your support. So today's guest is none other than the Diesel Dad himself, Anders Varner. Anders is the host of the ultra-popular podcast about fitness and training, Barbell Shrugged, and is the director of media at the Shrugged Collective. Anders is well-known and respected amongst CrossFit and fitness circles, and, has, and even owned his own CrossFit gym at one point. More recently, Anders has increased his own popularity on social media and fitness communities for his Diesel Dad program which is an efficient and focused approach to training for men with busy schedules to get them into and out of the gym quickly while still achieving great results. And it also has a mentoring component as well, which is very cool. Anders is as fiery and inspiring as he is practical in his advice. You'll definitely want to hang around for the end of the episode to hear Anders express the lessons that he learned and the revelations that he had as a husband and father amidst the pandemic. So from delivering tough love to an emotional moment at the end, Anders did what he does best. He coached, he educated, and he inspired, and I enjoyed every minute of this conversation with a guy who is truly leading from the front and being a great man, husband, and father. So here's my conversation with the Anders Varner. All right, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Dad the Man podcast. Um, today, I have a guest that I'm very excited to have on, Anders Varner of Barbell Shrugged, Shrugged Collective, the Diesel Dad himself. And uh, Anders, before I let you jump in, um, I just want to give you a shout out. Um, I started following you probably somewhere around a year ago, somewhere nice. during during uh, the COVID quarantine. And uh, that was when I noticed, I, I pretty much just knew you as the Diesel Dad guy. Uh, that's kind of how I found you on social that's media. Awesome. And uh, there was something that I saw in that that I think is lost in translation today, and that is the importance of uh, men really taking care of themselves, taking ownership of, of their own uh, physical health. And uh, just want to give you a quick shout out, say thanks for leading from the front and thanks. being a resource to the guys to the guys out there that follow you. So uh, so glad to have you on. Welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Yeah, we. Uh, it's funny that you found me at that stage. We. Um, that was like a a weird time when I started actually, um, doing the diesel dad thing was because I had never felt more like a dad and a fitness professional all at the same time with all of like everything in the world being shut down and all of the, um, I don't know, like it just, it was such a weird time. And then you're playing, dad and husband and my wife stopped going to the office and then we were like co-workers and I was like working and it's just it was just a mess so trying to find 30 minutes in a day that was like sane enough and, and stable enough to go actually into the garage and lift weights for half an hour um was just wild like it was it was really challenging to maintain training and, and keeping it going. And that was like, that just, that was, it really started as just me making fun of myself because I had, it was the first time that I felt like training, training has always been like the most important thing, right? Like from 13 years old, all the way through competing in CrossFit and, and doing all of that, just training was like the most important thing. And if you look at my entire training career, this will be the 25th summer I've been in the gym. And 
it wasn't my daughter's three. So up until three years ago, I had nothing that competed with the fact that I needed to train. Like even after I got married, if you don't have kids, you just look at your wife and you go, Oh, I'm just going to go do the exact same stuff I did the day before we got married, which is I'm going to go train. <laughs> yep. And I owned a gym and you know, like it's just number one, always, I'm always going to train. And then my daughter showed up and all of that responsibility comes on and then it just gets really hard. Well, then you throw the pandemic into the mix and it's like extremely hard because all the gyms are closed. So you can't really sneak out. Then I'm in my garage, which is awesome. And I'm so lucky I have a, a, a nice setup in, in my garage. But it's like every time that I go to the garage, I'm leaving all the responsibility of parenting onto my wife. And what am I doing something like is that's actually 100% essential for the betterment of our family? Not really. Like I don't really need to train. Like I say, I don't need to train in like a, in a physical fitness capacity. I could take three months off of working out. My brain would probably explode, but my body's going to be fine. I can still eat well. There's, there's countless things that I can still do to keep my fitness going. And at this stage with that, that long of a career in the weight room, three months is just, it, it's a tiny fraction of time that I, I could just take off. Um, but I didn't. And I found a way to make it work and that really was like at the the crux of realizing i had so much more in common with the just average dad that's trying to make everything work that i just started calling myself the diesel dad because it was it started out like just making fun of myself of like in my neighborhood, everybody can see into my garage. Like if I look out to the street right now, I can see we have this like exactly one mile loop around my neighborhood. And it's like a track all day of people mm -hmm. walking around, getting outside. And from the stop sign, you can see right into the gym. Like you could, it's, it's what everybody looks at. And <laughs> I always would just make fun of myself of like, I'm just like this regular dad that's like inside trying to make life work trying really hard to be a good dad, be a good husband, listen, run a good business. I'm trying to do all this stuff. But if I get like 30 minutes, bet your ass, I'm going to the gym out in the garage and I'm going to front squat. And when someone walks by, they're going to look in and go, what the hell is that guy doing? Like, the, why is that guy, <laughs> what is he on? Like, that's a lot of weight. That's so I just coined myself like to make fun of myself as like the diesel dad, like regular dad. Just happens to be a lot stronger than the dad in your household. <laughs> but then it started to like really register and resonate with people. And they started like, it started to catch on. And it was really cool because there's an insane number of people that training's really easy if you're 22 years old. Like training's so simple because your entire life is built around being the alpha, looking really good, training really hard, doing whatever it takes to get the girl or to stand out in your friend group and, and own your space so that when you go out to the bar, where you, wherever people go to find their mate, like that, that you stand out, you're confident in yourself. You feel good because you're each, every day you're going in and testing yourself. So other tests feel less cumbersome. Other tests are less scary. Walking up to that girl and saying hello is very easy if you've front squatted 365 pounds before, like it's just, it's things are easier when you're putting yourself in a position where you're, you're constantly potentially going to fail. Um, and that's really easy. Cause all of your, like all your boys are also your training partners and you're all eating the same way and you're all partying the same way and you're all looking for the same things. And it's all aimed in this one direction of get really big and strong and have a lot of fun in the gym. And then on the weekends we go out and hunt and, then all of a sudden the hunting works and you find that girl and you find that thing and then you go get married and then you have a kid. And next thing you know, it's been two years since you've been in the gym because you thought that you'd always just be able to go get it back, whatever you wanted. And you realize, holy crap, I have like a three-year-old. I have a five-year-old. I, I have an eight-year-old. I haven't been in the gym in eight years. And now I weigh like 40 pounds overweight. I'm like, what happened to me? How did it all happen so fast? And it's really sad. It's not even sad. It's just... Um, I kind of look at 
everything in life, like we go through these like phases, right? And this is what I try to talk to our clients about so much is like, you have to understand that you're never at like a fixed point. There's, there's all, there's no such thing as like a point of no return. Like step one is just recognizing like where you're at right now could be just a phase. Like you at one point in time were in elementary school and then you outgrew it. You learn new things and you went to middle school and then you went to high school. And we all think that like high school, these are my friends for life, but you outgrow all those situations. Then you go to college, you go to grad school, whatever, wherever you end up, like then you go and get a job. All these are like phases that you're trying to be the best at what you could possibly be, best person you could be at that phase and, and just do really well. Assuming you're a person that's interested in doing good things, you're working hard to do well in said specific stage of life. And then you come with that and all of a sudden like you're 20, 40 pounds overweight or whatever it is. You go, oh, how do I, how do, I do this? I'm, I'm stuck. I've tried everything. I, and now I just can't. I don't have the time to go back to be 22. It's like, well, why are you solving a 35-year-old's problems with the same skill set that a 22-year-old is solving it that doesn't share anything in common with the body and the person that you are today? The 22, you don't have even remotely the same responsibilities, but you're still trying to hit this problem over the head the same way that a 22-year-old would. You go, what's the point? Why are you doing that? Why, you're just, you just happened to be in a phase in which you were extremely busy. You lost track of your health, your weight, your training, all these pieces. Your mindset got weird because you, you just didn't have the resources. You didn't have the wherewithal. You didn't learn all the things when you were younger to, to be able to transform it into the way that you can use it through really hard stages of life where you have less time and you have less energy and you, you don't have the ability to, to, to train and eat. And, and dial all that stuff in. You never, you never like had the comprehensive education to massage all the little pieces to be able to use it when things get bad. And what's so rad about the diesel dad is like, we've designed all of it to just match someone's life that's completely busy. It's, it's, it's the most stripped down basic components of being in shape that you can possibly have. Like you, you shouldn't be solving a 35 or 40-year-old's problems with 22-year-old solutions. It just doesn't work. You shouldn't be a father trying to live the life of a single person that's looking for a mate. Just does it's the most it's so obvious. So when we talk to them, we just go, look, at this stage in life, you were busy. You didn't have a lot of time. You didn't have a lot of energy. You did what you thought was right. But the result of those decisions is that you're now 20 to 40 pounds overweight. So what we do is we just move on to the next stage of life, the part of life where you got skinny and you got your life back and you got your confidence back and you got your self-esteem back and you started to like the way you looked in the mirror and you started to learn how to train in 30 minutes instead of 90 minutes or you learned how to eat and you learned what your metabolism was. You learned that it isn't this like fixed thing that you were born with and it was slow because you're, you're like you're a crippled person and you're a victim of bad genetics. It's, it's not true. Like just – we're going to teach you how simple these concepts are and all you have to do is implement them. Like, and it's, it's really simple, but you just have to understand that like you're never in a fixed state. You just, you're always progressing into the next stage of whatever life is. Um, what's cool about the, the diesel dad to me is like, I'm going to be a dad for the rest of my life. It's a, it's a persona and an identification and an identity that I get to, I could keep forever. Like I always want to be the, the coolest realization for so much of this is like, like I said, training was always number one. And then I got married or then I had a gym. And like, even at that point, I was competing super heavy in CrossFit. So like the business for many years came secondary to my training and our team's training and our athletes training. And we focused a lot on the athletes, which is also great for business, but um, we didn't have like systems. I didn't know what a lead was. I didn't know what like closing sales was. I didn't know what high ticket sales was. I didn't know how to build a business. I was just like, look, if we put out badass athletes, other people are going to want to be a part of that. That sounds like a winning combination to me. But, you know, like I just <sighs> always had training at the top. Then business. Then I got married. I was like, well, I got to put like a, a, a wife in the mix here somewhere. And 
somehow that's going to work, but it doesn't really change that much. Then the kid shows up and all of a sudden training went from like number one, top priority straight to the bottom. Like there was no (laughs) two, three. It was like, it went like dad, husband, business training. And that's a wild transition. Like how often do you think about the fourth most important thing in your life? And not only is it the fourth most important thing, but it's the thing that matters the least. Like literally, if you've got two plus decades of training, you could do it. I think Brad Schoenfeld put up a post the other day. It was like, you can train it like 19% of your total capacity and maintain almost all of the gains that you've ever had in your life. 19%. That's literally less than one out of five days putting in mediocre training to maintain all the muscle mass you've ever accumulated that took you 20 plus years to gain. That's nothing. So if number four is fitness, what the hell am I going to do to work out when dad's at the top of that takes a ton of time and energy. Husband takes a ton of time and energy. Business is like a 10 hour a day thing where you're just constantly trying to hammer. And then all of a sudden I got to find some time to work out. This thing needs to be sustainable. It needs to be, it needs to become a flexible conversation of how do I make it all work? And then you throw the pressures of the pandemic and you throw the pressures of like being a babysitter, daycares are closed, all that madness. And what comes out of it is like you, you, you compress all of that into this tight little schedule where everybody has to be fed and we have to meet everyone's needs. And, and fitness is like a relationship to me. Like it, it, it has to be fed. It has its needs. And um, if those needs become unmet. I get soft, slow, sluggish, a life that I don't want to live. It messes with. So how do I, how do I ensure that I feed that, um, that I feed that need and I meet that need so that I get everything out of what I want in training. I have no, I have no holes in my training. There's nothing that like makes me want, it feels like I'm not doing something, but I also have to shift the mindset around that. Um, and I have to shift all of the pieces of what that mindset is, like how I view fitness. It's not the same as I want to be great at CrossFit, not even close. It's not hypertrophy so I can be so jacked that none of that matters to me. Um, it's, it's about creating like physical freedom and my capacity to be able to like go out and play. Well, how do we define play? Well, sometimes that means that I lift weights three days a week. Sometimes it means I get to go swim laps. Sometimes it means I get to go to the field and run wind sprints. All these things are like 30-minute endeavors. Every day, I, I go and walk a lot around, whether I'm like learning, having calls. Um, but, I, you know, there's, there's 10, 12, 15,000 steps a day of me just getting out and moving. I consider all of that to be uh, like my physical capacity and training, but I had to like develop that mindset to be able to go and do that and, and develop the mindset that allows me to, um, to be okay with, well, I didn't like do a two RM back squat today. So I must not have done anything. It's like, no, I did a ton. I walked 12,000 steps. I went to the track for 20 minutes, ran five hundreds, did some warmups, did some skips, got some sunshine. It was beautiful. Got to breathe some fresh air. Like that's just as cool to me as forcing myself to have to squat for another day and wake up deathly sore and really be so worried about my bench press or something like that. Like all those things, when you minimize the importance of all of them and you expand your capacity for what movement is and health is and play things on, on the entire spectrum, life gets, it, it opens up the opportunities. And that's something that we talk a lot about is that mindset and that you have to become an opportunist if you want to stay in shape for, the, for your entire life. If you want to be in shape, you have to become an opportunist in that if somebody, if something happens, you have to be able to look at your schedule. That includes like your morning schedule, your work schedule, your picking kids up at school schedule. It, it's, it's every schedule, your wife's schedule, all the schedules. And you have to find like, where's that 20 minute gap where I get to go be a savage because you have to go flex that muscle. You have to go flex that brain. You have to go, you have to go push, but you don't need 90 minutes. What you need is a, a, a road, a hill. You need, you need like a, a kettlebell. You need like one barbell and 135. 
And because you've trained and because you've opened your mind up to the fact that you don't have to chase performance specifically, now you have this giant catalog of things that you can do in a 20-minute window that yield massive results, especially when we start to stack them on top of each other for days and weeks and months and years, forever, right? But all I need is 20 minutes, and I can go just absolutely smash fitness. And like, why why aren't people just finding a one-mile loop? Like, that's one of our first lessons when we coach. Like, I need you to just go find a one-mile loop around your neighborhood where you can walk out and then walk back in. It's half mile out, half mile in. And I don't need it to be interesting. I don't need it to be like beautiful scenery. I want you to strip all that crap away. All you're doing is going out, getting sunshine, and you come back home. That's it. Simple. Because what does that cost you? 18 minutes. And, and what does that do? Like everything. It completely separates you from what you were doing. It gets you off your computer. It gets you outside. You get the vitamin D. You're getting fresh air. You're moving. You can walk barefoot. You can take your shirt off, get some sun. Like it opens up your capacity to be able to expand all of these like non-competitive fitness or performance-based fitness metrics that matter so much over the lifetime of a training career, which for me, I hope is like 60 years. I want to be able to do radical stuff when I'm like 80. That'd be so sick to be able to just be physically fit and trust myself in a physical capacity for to start training when I'm third for 63 years, 67 years. How rad would that be if you could back squat 315 when you're 80? I have like a real goal for that, but I'm not going to do that by beating the crap out of my joints underneath a barbell forever. It's about expanding that capacity. Like what, what is this idea of fitness that we're all not being sold because everybody sells hardcore training to get you all motivated, excited to go buy the supplement. But the, the reality is that like, if we want to do this forever, we have to open up our minds to be able to have a, a like kind of like an athlete mindset, be an opportunist, look for little gaps where you can, you can just tilt the scale in, in, in your direction and, be in shape and, and, and go attack those, those 20 minutes. And then once you actually get to the ability to go attack the, like that 20 minutes, it, it becomes this, it's really just about aggressively holding your ground. And, and we, we talk about this with, in, in the mindset piece of, of what we coach all the time, you have to be aggressive because if you don't aggressively attack that 20 minutes, someone's going to walk up to you and be like, Hey, can you go do this? And as soon as you say, yes, well, they know that you're going to cave because you probably went up to them. You're like, Hey, I got like this 30 minute gap. I'm going to go like run sprints outside. Is that cool? And someone goes, well, can you do this? You have to go, no, 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 Because that wasn't on the schedule. That's on the schedule now. And you go, I have to go do that because as soon as you start to cave, you're just signaling to the world that like you can be pushed around and that energy follows you. And it's really bad because now it's like, you're not prioritizing the thing. You might be prioritizing it, but not enough. It's not important enough to say no. And it's really, really hard. But the mindset around so much of uh, just being in shape is just about those things, like finding gaps, actually going and taking action and, and aggressively holding your ground. Uh, those, it's, just, it's, it's, it's a full way of uh, thinking about how this thing works forever, which is so wild because nobody thinks about forever. Nobody thinks about like, how this system has to play out because if you don't think about it you wake up 40 pounds overweight and it it's not like it happened yesterday you didn't just put on 40 it happened one pound a quarter for 10 years or whatever it is like it's 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 five pounds a year for eight years it's not that much you wouldn't even notice it on a scale you have no idea it's happening it just slowly and surely one day you wake up and you just go god i've got to cut the crap and then you don't have you don't have the education to do it. Man, that's uh, there's there's a lot to unpack in what you just went through there. But what I what I think what I appreciate the most is that, you know, what you guys are doing is, it's lowering the barrier to entry for people who are intimidated by what the market I think the rest of the fitness market actually offers and sells. Like you alluded to a little bit before, like I mean, even myself now, it's something that I've I've kind of learned, and you really helped me kind of learn this just in following you, but we get anxiety of like, 
oh my gosh, I'm not doing these crazy like 90 minute sessions with a 30 minute warm up and, you know, I'm training for 45 and then cooling down and then I'm sitting in the sauna and then I'm doing, you know, like, like, where's that going to fit now? And the reality is that it's not. And I think the problem that, you know, I I found myself getting into is like, because I couldn't hit like that bar, I just didn't do anything. Like there would be, there would be periods of time where I'd be like, well, I'm not going to hit that. So I might as well wait until tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow I'll hit that and then you know, no. circumstances don't change in 24 hours like that. Yeah. If you, if you totally <clears throat> reshift what you consider to be working out um, and instead just think about fitness as like a 20 minute, um, like dedicated effort towards some sort of physical thing. And that literally goes on the spectrum all the way from sitting as still as possible and doing some sort of mindfulness meditation journaling could even be like a step up because you're probably sitting and you're you're just being a little bit more active slightly more distracted all the way to like crossfit of like high intensity competitive like you're writing your time and your score and comparing yourself to others that's that's competing even if you're just doing it in your gym every day that's competing so if, if those two things like Yin yoga, sitting still, as still as possible, is on one side, and CrossFit's on the other. There's, there's really, like, endless things that you can do on that spectrum, and they all count. And that, that's sitting still and doing yin yoga. That's going for a walk. That's sitting in your computer, like I call this, mm-hmm. not talking to you, but staring at your computer, like – that's hell because that's a whole lot of stress coming at you without a lot of movement. At least when you're doing the sitting still part um, in like a, a yin yoga meditation type class or just on your own, you're, you're, you're processing. It's, it, the thoughts are flowing through. You're processing stress. It's not just coming at you with no movement. There's, it, you're processing the stress. So it's, it's a very different stimulus. When you're just sitting here, like answering emails, trying to think of the coolest thing to do on Instagram, and that's just so stressful. And all you're doing is just sitting there, just bottling it up. And then, you know, there's, there's many ways to do resistance training. Um, but all these things are like scalable, right? It goes from sitting still to maybe journaling to walking to running. And then on the resistance training side of things where you just start to get more intensity, it, it could be lifting weights at a therapeutic dose, which is just lifting weights just because lifting weights is awesome. It doesn't have to be heavy. You just, you focus on movement, you breathe well, you, you do all the things right, but it, it's not, you're not pushing yourself that hard. You could go run wind sprints. That's awesome. That's super intense. Nobody ever does that stuff anymore. Like there's no need in an adult human's life to go sprint. There's nothing that anybody needs to sprint for. It's, it's embarrassing how little we need to move fast for anything. And then if you really want to go do CrossFit one or two times a week, like go enjoy your life, whatever. Um, but opening your mind up to being able to understand like the full spectrum and where these activities line up on that spectrum is super important because it gives you options. And if you give me 10 minutes to do something, like I can fill that 10 minutes so easy. If you give me 20 minutes, I can fill it so easy. If I actually get 45 minutes, I am going to go turn the sauna on. I'm going to work out for 20 minutes. Then I'm going to go see if I can make it in the sauna for 20 minutes while after the workout. Like I can fill any gap of time that you give me because I've got this playbook of, of knowledge of how to train, ways to train, what my body feels like. And that really is the goal, like to jump all the way to the end of, of our course is like, it's all about mastering these things, like having this playbook to be able to look at your schedule, to look at everything you have to do and go, ah, right there. That's where I'm going to go sit down and just like process. Most of the time, the easiest way for everyone to be able to do this is just get your ass out of bed. Like <laughs> stop feeling sorry for yourself. Oh, I got to wake up or like, just get the fuck up and go. Stop being such a just soft human. Get up. The only time you're guaranteed to get anything done is when everyone else is sleeping. Has has there ever been a kid or a wife in the world that's like, hey, uh, I really need to know what you're doing at 5.30 a.m. tomorrow? (laughs) No! (laughs) No, never, ever, ever, ever. (laughs) Nobody cares what you do at 5.30 in the morning. Like, get up, go walk, go run, go lift some weights. Go do some burpees in your garage. Do something. Just set an alarm. Stop feeling bad for yourself. Like, 
I, I, it drives me nuts when people ask, like, well, what motivates you to work out? I, nothing. I have a responsibility to train. I have a, I have a, a legitimate responsibility. Like, I, I put out a podcast the other day. Like, the very first Diesel Dad podcast episode that I, I did was about having an ethical responsibility. That th- this thing is not about <clears throat> it's, it's you, your purpose is to not be a liability. And if you are a liability to the people around you, you're failing epically. Um, there's, there's, it's, it's, it's embarrassing. And that's why people come to us because it's embarrassing. It, it, make no mistake about it. They're in a place where they look in the mirror and they're embarrassed. And my job is to ensure them that, yes, it's embarrassing today, but these, it's just a stage of life. And the next stage of life is filled with confidence. The next stage of life is filled with self-esteem. The next stage in life is where you get to go out and play with your kids and feel good. Like that's, that's really where it's at. It's, it's just a stage. We're just in this thing right now because you don't have the tools to know what it's like on the other side. But it's not your fault. Like it's, it's not your fault that when you were 25 and you were in great shape and you were hunting girls and going out and doing this thing with your bros and training hard and all this stuff, like, it wasn't your fault because you could party hard on the weekends. You could train hard during the weeks. You break even. You have a decent body. Everything looks good. <laughs> and you have the confidence to go along with it, right? What happens when you stop breaking even? It goes to crap. That's, it, it, it doesn't go – it doesn't like accidentally fall in the right direction. It never does. <laughs> Nobody's like, ah, I just stopped training and I got super shredded. It, it, it doesn't. The food and the beer keeps going. The training is the part that stops. And you don't want to be replacing training with bad self-esteem and lack of confidence and all that mess and a body you're not proud of and, and all these things. And it just, um, you know, people, people just get stuck in a place and they need help getting out. It's yeah, awesome think, that we, we get to do it. I think that's a big perspective change too for, for people like, that are a little bit intimidated by getting, quote unquote, getting in shape. And I think the pers- perspective from a lot of people is like, like, like you've been saying, like I was saying before, like it's, it's either you got to be competitive in like CrossFit or in the sport, or you got to be, have like the six pack abs. I think it's a perspective change when you get to a certain point, like you said, like, and this has changed for me and what you alluded to also, like, I want to be in great shape. I want to be playing with my kids, with my grandkids, hopefully yeah. with my great grandkids. Like I want to be able to jump on the trampoline with them when I'm 70. Like, totally. Like that's, that is, I guess the lens that I see health through. Um, yeah. from, from where I stand now looking forward. So I'm really glad uh, that you touched on, on that a little bit. And um, it's awesome what you, what you guys are doing to, to make, I guess, make it less intimidating and, and kind of cutting the crap out of, uh, of getting people to, to get moving. Like you said, nobody, yeah. nobody cares what you're doing at five 30 in the morning. Stop feeling bad for yourself and get up and just go for a damn walk. Let's just get it moving. That was the, that was like the, the, simplest thing that I could come up with when um, like specifically in the middle of quarantine, I've, I've just changed it um, very recently, but I'm still up. Um, I just created like the diesel dad 100. Like I wake up and I go straight to the gym and I do a hundred reps of something. I, there's no rules. It could be push-ups. Sweet. But I got up and I, I did something. Like I got nope. very positive <clears throat> momentum heading into my day feel good that I trained. I got all the blood out of my body into my muscles and, um, I, I feel good. And then I go drink coffee and life's great. And then I get to work for an hour and a half before the family wakes up. Like those are, those are things that you just have to realize is like, here's the other part. And this is really sad is that because of the life that people live, nobody around them trusts them that they're actually going to stick to it. And they get pushed around because of it. Like if, if you've tried to lose weight or you've tried to eat less or you've tried a diet and none of it's stuck, all you've done is tell everyone around you that the next time you try, it's not going to work. So what happens? Everyone, everyone like goes, oh, cool. Like, oh yeah, I'm sure you're sure. We'll see you in two weeks when you're not. You, you never force the issue of like, no, this is real. This is a full human change. It's a full, full 360. I'm not, the person that you're looking at today is I'm not going to be that guy in, in two months. It's, it's going to be different. 
but nobody believes you because you fail all the time and you don't have the ability to stand up for yourself. You don't have the ability to do the hard thing. You don't have the ability to get out of bed at 530. So like what happens is that somebody goes to work and they're like, I'm really going to get in shape. They go, oh, okay. Like, that's great. You've only said this to me a hundred times and it never works out. So what do you do? You put your family in a shitty position and you go to the gym at five o'clock. Well, that gym session costs you two hours. It's, it's a commute there. It's 60 plus minutes while you're there. You're fumbling around, getting no results. You don't even feel good about being there because it's so awkward at the beginning. And then you got to drive home and then you got to shower and then you got to rejoin your family. And it's already chaos because the kids have been home for an hour and a half and they're playing and they're tired and they're hungry and it's dinner, all that stuff. And because you decided to go to the gym, where did all the normal responsibilities fall? Oh, to your wife. And now she's pissed at you. So what happens the next day? What happens the next day? You don't go because you don't want your wife to be mad at you. And she should be mad at you because you suck at holding yourself accountable. It's not her fault that you suck at doing this. You are the one that has to get your ass out of bed and go do it and force the issue to these people around you so they start to realize that you're serious. It's super important for people to understand that it is not on other people. You are supposed to make your life so insanely hard to, to actually achieve the goal that you want. So the people around you go, wow, this dude's not fucking around. Like he's totally serious about this. Like he's been awake at 5.30 every morning for the past three months. Have you seen this? Maybe I should cut him a break and let him go at like noon or something. <laughs> like they should feel bad that you have to do this. Like they should want to be on your team, but you've failed so many times and you've made their lives a pain in the ass so many times that they don't even care. They know you're gonna fail. They don't want the added responsibility because you're at the gym. It just doesn't work. But if you're like, well, here's the, here's the key to it. You have to wake up. You have to set your alarm for 530. You have to get up. Well, they're not going to. They're not going to at all. It's too hard. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, I mean, you're pulling the slack out of the line, right? Like you're forcing people to look in the mirror and take ownership of what they see looking back at them is a reflection of what they've been doing. And what they're going to see in another year is going to, I mean, it's going to be the accumulation of the next year. It's going to be worse. Yeah. Yep. It's way yep. worse. It's way worse. I mean, the cost of inaction is, is just, uh, it, it, I don't even know what it is, but it's enough that people know, people know like how bad it's going to get. <clears throat> like they, they're very keenly aware that they don't have the, uh, education and resources to know how to go about doing it. And that's, um, I mean, one, it's, it's cool. I, I, I think that like, as men, uh, we struggle to ask for help totally because it like you, there's vulnerability uh, and, in it. Yeah. And there's like a, yeah. And there's like this cultural thing of like, we're supposed to not be in shape when we're older. Yeah. Like we're <laughs> like, supposed to like dad, like, bot, dad bot is cool. Yeah. I don't even enjoy talking about it. Cause it's so, it's so depressing that that's like a cultural thing. Um, it's disgusting to me, but it's Drives like, crazy. yeah, it's like if you go to the party, if you go to the party with my friends, we all talk about training. Like we all, um, we all want to, I don't know. We, we, we talk about being healthy. Um, when you go to some parties, they talk about like football and how many beers they can drink and their favorite beer or their favorite whiskey or their favorite, whatever it is and how to make food that isn't good for you. And one, I don't fit into those conversations. Well, two it's, it's uh, people are allowed to do whatever they want to do first off, but if you were to stop them in the, in their conversation and go like, is this really what you want? Is this really like what defines you? The thing that you really like is that, you know, everything to, there is to know about IPAs. That's like, <laughs> that's like the thing, you know, how to make a phenomenal keg of beer in your garage. Like that's really, that's not, that's where is that going? Where, what, where's the end state of that? Like what? What are you, what are you getting better at? Like, how does this benefit other people around you? Like, well, I made this keg. I might as well have a beer every single night. How long are you going to tap that nail before we just, one day we sink it and now it's done. Now, now you're, you're there. You, you went too far. And like, 
you're, you're 20, 30, 40 pounds overweight. Like, are, is this really like the thing that you want to hang your hat on and be known for? Uh, that's, that's stuff that it, it's hard because there has to be an identity shift. There has to be, um, and that identity shift is, is tricky. I mean, and, in, in our in our mentorship program, we we make people write letters to their significant people, their inner circle, asking for them not to to the respect the process that they're about to go through, um, making sure that like ever your wife knows, hey, I love going out to dinner with you, I love having nights out, I love going to do this, but this is really important to me. I I feel like I am in a place where I need to make radical change to my life. And um, in order for that to happen, a lot of stuff is going to have to change in the way that I eat, the way that I train, the amount of time that I uh, need to, to, to devote for this. Like we have these letters written so that people feel confident to, to ask for help. And it's like, but there has to be the identity shift. You're not going to be the guy that's like sitting at your, your barbecue over the summer talking about your IPA collection. And there's just there, there has to be an identity shift, which is, is tricky. Yeah. That's um, I think the identity identity piece too, is, is just so important. Um, and like you said, kind of hard for, I think for men to peel back and actually go back to that place and then be willing to be vulnerable enough to change. Um, so, I mean, for anybody listening, if that, if that sounds like you, if you feel like if, you know, if you're the guy who's going to start the diet on Monday and has started the diet on Monday for, for 10 straight years and haven't had a change, I would highly recommend looking into, into the diesel dad program here. Um, now Anders, before I let you get out of here, I want to, I want to talk a little bit about, um, I think it was the beginning maybe of quarantine. You had a podcast going, um, with your, with your daughter. And it, I, I found it, uh, earlier this week when I was getting ready for our conversation. And, uh, I think it was the second episode and you kind of started it out. It was just you on this one. And you started it out, it was kind of like an explanation of what was going on in the world. I think we were probably like a month maybe into quarantine. That's just kind yeah. of a guess. And it turned into just this profession of just like love and joy and appreciation for, for your daughter and for your wife and for the opportunity that, that you have to, to love and to lead your family. Um, you got emotional yeah. in that episode. I am right now. I was listening to it like in my garage, like while I was working out one morning, just like getting a quick workout in early. And yeah. uh, I started tearing up and I was like, damn, like it was, it was intense. And I had to, I had to, I was thinking back to the experience that I had in quarantine and the revelations I experienced and just kind of, it just seemed like everything that didn't matter that I thought mattered just literally melted. And it was like yeah. my loved ones, my family, like my wife, my kids, their health, my health. And like, there yeah. wasn't really a whole lot else that mattered. Can you talk to me a little bit about that and, and what that, what was going through your head then and maybe what you learned last year? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, I, I do remember doing all that. Um, so you have to, I guess, I have, um, so I left home when I was 14, not that anything bad happened. I went to, I went to private school okay. and boarding school, eight hour. It was an eight hour drive from my parents' house to my school, uh, from the age of 14 to 36, the closest I've lived to my parents was four hours. Wow. So I, I like basically made a 20 year long stretch of time um 22 year long stretch of time where the only i saw my parents like once maybe twice a year um and never realizing that i i've, I've always felt very close to my family because i'm on the phone with them all the time telling them everything that's going on and but really like being on the run in a way like just I'm out here just figuring it out kind of on my own, not, I have great friends and I'm great family and all that, but there, there, there isn't like a real game plan for kids that leave home at that, at that age. And then like go to college, 
far away from home, go to grad school farther away from home, move to San Diego further away from home, open a business on the other side of the country. Now, all of a sudden, I only get give myself like a six day vacation, like once a year um, to get home and see people and all that. So like, you're, you're very like on your own for a long time. And pre-pandemic, I used to travel between five to 10 days a month, um, going to conferences, going and chasing barbells around, really, like going to different places, meeting with sponsors, meeting with companies, doing doing barbell strike things. Um, all of this stuff is like normal, but what's was was very normal. Um and I, I always assumed I had a great relationship with my daughter, a great relationship with my wife, great relationship with like, um, I, I don't think I have any bad relationships really, especially currently. I think everything's like really good, but that idea of like family I hadn't really like spent a lot of time, not just thinking about it, but like living it. And then you're thrust into this like um, thing where we're like, all we have is family and just realizing how much of like how much of a pleasure it is to like have people around you that love you and you love them back and um and that we really are like the only people that we that we have which is rad like your friends really aren't your aren't they're not they're not not important but they're not the ones that are going to be uh, sharing all that space with you when a global pandemic hits. They're the ones that leave. They're the ones that you stop hanging out with. So like I was home for longer last year than I've ever been in my life almost. <laughs> um, and closer and like really um enjoyed it like i don't want to go back to the way things were i it, it's so funny when people are like when are we going to go back to the way things were and i go i hope <laughs> i don't i i want to be home a lot more i want i want my 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 mornings to start when she wakes up even though i've hopefully been awake for like an hour and a half to two hours before that um i want to be home when she gets home from school do i want to go do some like cool fitness stuff for sure um, but I, I don't want to be, um, I don't want to live the life that I was living in which I would be home. I would go on the road for five days, come home for two weeks, leave for another five days, come home for two weeks where I was really like, I was, I was mentally and physically present in my house, but also like feeling as if like I was just preparing for the next trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in addition to that, like we, we moved from San Diego to the East coast. So my mom's only an hour away now. She's down here all the time. My, my in-laws are in there right now. I fucking love my family, like love my family. I love when they come to hang out. I love spending time with them. Um, I think that just having, having that family around you, it just simplifies if everything makes more sense when you can just simplify it and be like, oh, I don't need like all of that. I don't need to walk into the CrossFit games and meet all, I love meeting people, but I don't need it. I don't, it's nice to have. It's nice to walk in and have people come up to you and want to take pictures and say, I love your show and I learned so much and it affects my life and all that stuff's so rad. Like I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad about it. I absolutely love meeting people that love our show and love our work and love everything. Like it, it means so much to me, but I'm also happier, like being home, playing outside and um, like being a dad. Like it's, it's like, that's my calling. That's what I want to do. Um, so yeah, that's, that's why that show happened. I don't know. That's incredible, man. I was, uh, I remember listening to, listening to the episode and it was, it went from, it sounded like it was a little like calculated. You knew where it was going to go. And then kind of like you just did there, you start speaking about it and it's just like everything else melts away. And there's really one thing standing there and it's, it's your family. And 
um, you know, hearing you open up and express that it's, it's so real. And I, I just think, uh, I think more people need to be willing to, to have that epiphany happen for themselves. It definitely happened to me, man. Um, yeah. so I appreciate you sharing that, man. That's unbelievable. Yeah. It's cool, dude. Like I, once you, um, yeah, like I grew up in a, in an awesome family. They did everything that they could ever do. Like, I mean, I went away to high school, like they paid for all this stuff, um, for me to go live a great life and experience a really, really cool approach to life to, of being able to go figure it out. Um, but I think like, and I, and I know dads that are like this, that like, don't really want to do it. And you go, man, what are you just buy into it? Like, go, if you have a girl, like go do dress up, go do yep. the thing, like go, uh, like I, I, there's just no, there's no ego involved in it. It's just, it's awesome. It's unbelievable, man. Well, uh, I, I know we're, we're up on time here. I know you gotta, uh, you gotta run. So I want to be respectful. Um, but I definitely want to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Thanks, I think you, you put great. on, a, you put on a masterclass for, for anybody that's going to listen to this on how to get your ass out of bed, get moving and stop feeling Thanks, sorry man. for yourself. And, um, and also how to, how to really lean into your family and take yeah. pride in it, do it from a place of opportunity and not obligation. Yeah. So, um, for people to find more about you, uh, find the diesel dad, where's the best place for them to go? Um, yeah, I'm Anders Varner at Anders Varner. We're barbell shrugged, barbell underscore shrugged. So I'm putting out two barbell shrugs. I haven't put out a diesel dad podcast because I just had a brand new baby in like two weeks, but coming back, <laughs> I promise. Um, and then if you want to be a part of our mentorship program, uh, the applications are dieseldadmentorship.com. Um, you can fill out an application, um, hop on a call, and it's basically your first coaching call to just walk through all the steps and, and find out where you're at, where you want to go, and then come on in and hang out. Awesome, brother. Well, uh, well, thanks again for, for coming on. I really appreciate your time today. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. All right, man. Thanks. All right, everybody. That's it. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, do me a huge favor and subscribe to the show or leave us a rating and review. We can't thank you enough for your support. Until next time, remember to love and lead from the front. See ya.